We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the NFC East Feast Wild Card Weekend Special. The gang is all here today. We're going to briefly recap what happened in week 18, but uh, first and foremost, we are here to preview what is going to be an awesome wild card weekend. We've got two NFC East teams playing this weekend, and we got the Philadelphia Eagles waiting in the wings for uh, their matchup in the divisional playoff round because, of course, they've got the number one seed in that coveted bye week. Um, we're going to start off with Commanders and Cowboys. I'm not even going to recap this. I'm going to say three words. Stink, stank, Stunk. Way to limp your way into the playoffs, Dallas Cowboys. I'll save my opinions for the preview. But, um, George, I want you to go first, followed by John. What are your thoughts on the way the Commanders ended the year? The the Scott Turner, the Sam Howell, there's a lot going on in D.C. Yeah, man, a lot going on. I'll, I'll hit on the game really quick. I think it's probably the best we've looked all year, which is typical um, for a meaningless game. And... Uh, Honestly, like it, it was from defense, special teams, offense. We were probably we, we played the most complete game that we played in the entire year. Sam Howell looked very comfortable back there in the pocket. First throw throws a 17 yard touchdown to Terry Corrin. Like it was just kind of like it was. I don't know, man. It was bittersweet. Um, I I saw this team going into the year looking this way. And uh, it didn't happen, but no, it was it was good to see us, you know, have some pride, um, have some energy going out there, and uh, really taken to Dallas. You know, I, I think Dallas didn't play great, but I also think that it had a lot to do with how Washington looked that game uh, from the defensive front. The defensive line obviously dominated that entire game. Uh, Dak Prescott didn't get a, a bunch of time, obviously throwing. Um, honestly a couple near picks and obviously interceptions as well it was uh it was brutal to to see as a, as a Dallas fan I'm sure uh, but again the, the the game was completely meaningless and uh happy to see Sam Howell do well looking forward to see him in, in his position and whether he's QB1 or QB2 going into the year um I'll let John kind of kind of hit on the game and maybe we can talk a little about about Scott Turner's uh release yeah, man, I agree with everything you said. Like, of course, we have a phenomenal game against the division rival when it means nothing nothing for us. Uh, it was fun to watch, not going to lie. I mean, it's always fun to watch uh, us beat the Cowboys, um, and especially to do it as assertively. Yeah, I see you shaking your head, Brian. As assertively as we did. I mean, uh, 
there, you know, I was watching it next to a couple of Cowboys fans at the at the spot I was at, and they were like just dismayed, so angry. And I was getting so I was like having to kind of hold back my joy for watching how upset they were because I know, especially coming into this week, uh, obviously with Luds joining us and and the two of them getting to talk about their playoff matchup soon, Bucks fans were probably watching that game licking their chops too because. Washington looked good. We dominated, like you said, in all three sides of the ball. I was happy with the performance from Sam Howell. I was also super happy with the performance from our um, third and fourth string running backs, essentially. The kid Jarrett Patterson, who looked decent in stretches last year, um, stayed with the team on the practice squad. And then Jonathan Williams, like both of them looked good when they got their hands on the ball, Jarrett Patterson more so. But um yeah, it was fun to watch, um, and I'm excited to see, I guess, I said last week, I wish we would have gotten more time with Hal now, like in retrospect, now seeing how how the season ended. I almost wish we would have switched to Hal instead of Carson in that in that game, you know, if, if we, I don't know, they wouldn't have done that, they wouldn't have made that call, but like Hal looked ready, and they kept saying that that was the biggest thing, right, like they didn't know if he was, if he was ready, and he threw a couple of really good strikes. My favorite play, though, was uh, his scramble play on that design run where he cuts it back across the field. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but just cranked uh, Trayvon Diggs. I mean, popped him to score that touchdown. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I was surprised in the group in the group chat. You said um, you're kind of questioning, you know, the Scott Turner firing, at least for right now, George. I mean, I don't know if I was questioning it. I, I don't question the fire. But I think that the to change offensive coordinators and the amount of people that are out there that are, could possibly be good hires, um, first off, probably won't come to D.C. Uh, and, and second off, you know, a lot of these O coordinators are not going to go find another offensive coordinator job. They're going to find a head coach job. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see who we have out there, who we're looking at. I'm sure we've already been in talks with a few of them. Um, do, do you see us grabbing someone maybe not from the NFL, maybe out of college? Like, do you have anyone in mind you're thinking of that you'd love to have? There's nobody that comes to mind off the top of my head. I'm worried that it's going to be the other direction, honestly, because of Rivera's track record. I'm worried he's going to pull like some old haggard OC that's yeah. got Carolina yeah. ties. And I've seen a couple of <laughs> oh, names floating bro. around. I can't even think, uh, Mike Shula and then somebody else, um, I don't. I, I was feeling the firing at first, and then at, the more I kind of thought about it, the more I kind of came around to your side of things. And it, it's it sucks because we're in a we're in a spot with Rivera and that regime, as well as the ownership regime, where things are kind of in flux. And also, this could be like Rivera's last year. I think he's he signed a decent decently long contract, but it's it, it's the writing is on the wall. It's like put up or shut up at this point. So like. I'm not sure to your point, like what OC is going to want to walk into that situation where it's like, Hey, we could be all fired again at the end of this year. So come join the team. Like, um, and the other thing is, is with Howell, I think that if how, if they thought that Howell was going to be the guy, at least initially going into next year, then like it may benefit him to stay in the same offense just so you can get like a legitimate evaluation on him. Um, but again, like these guys don't want to be lame duck coaches with a new owner coming in. Um, so, but no, I kind of agree with you. Like, it's just going to be a weird couple of years until honestly, until new ownership decides to probably fire everybody, hire a competent GM and hopefully build, 
you know, from the top down the way that we haven't done since Dan Snyder has been the owner of the team. Um, but I mean, we, but regardless, we have playmakers. So any OC that does come in here, like should have a good time. You should have fun with this offense. Like you've got two, two competent running backs that kind of complement each other. You have a plethora of pass catchers and you've got a young up and comer in Sam Howell that's put a little bit on tape and you're going to have an opportunity to draft or bring somebody in in free agency. There's a couple of names out there in free agency. So, I mean, there are positives to the job, but again, you're also in DC where it's just been a dumpster fire for 20 years. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, just because this is obviously our, you know, kind of our, our last time talking about Washington uh, just, just one final question be for, for John uh, do you think that we will be able to sign back Deron Payne after the year he had? I don't know, man. That's going to be, I, I really hope that we do, but the, the, like if Sam Howell is the future, yeah, maybe. Um, because you know, it, you can sign a lot more guys to, to nicer contracts when you have a rookie quarterback, but if they're looking to bring in another like veteran off the streets, like it's going to make things difficult. And we've already paid Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne is, I think uh, either equal or better in some Dude, in this some year cases. He looked yeah, dominant like eleven solo year. tackles, yeah. like yeah. really for loss. I'm sorry. Um, so no, I mean, I don't think fi- they're acting like they've got something for this, but you can't tell me that you can afford to pay Sweat, mm. Allen, Payne, and Chase all money that they deserve. Like yeah. it just doesn't happen that way in the NFL. So. Um, I feel like there's probably he's probably going to end up somewhere else. That's just my gut feeling, but I'd love to get him back. So what if what well, if we, this new uh, this new owner comes in? Right, let's say this new owner wants to make a splash, brings in Sean Payton. Sean Payton brings in Tom Brady over to the Washington <laughs> Commandos. You, you oh guys, gosh. you still behind Bro, Powell? I mean, Tom Brady's Tom looking Brady old, doesn't but state tax man, Brady doesn't want state tax. No, yeah. still stay in Florida. If, you guys can get Sean Payton as a head coach, so that would be money. Well, I'm yeah. going to save the save the audience from uh, any more <laughs> um, commanders talk. Thank you for putting up with that nine minutes. Um, and we are now going to concentrate on teams that qualified for the postseason. Um, and I'm going to start with the Eagles and the Giants. They'll both be headed to the postseason. Uh, the Eagles squeaked out a win against the Giants. Uh, this was an ugly one. Uh, the Giants sat all of their starters. Davis Webb, Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas on the offensive line, Kayvon Thibodeau, Dexter Lawrence, all the household names were on the bench. And uh, the Eagles barely won this game. They won 22 to 16. Uh, Jalen Hurts looked uh, a little rusty, and as he should, you know, missed, missed a few weeks there. But the Eagles do enough to get that number one seed, uh, which they will desperately need once they start uh, facing these elite NFC uh, opponents here uh, come the second round of the playoffs. Uh, they will, uh, as I said before, get the bye week. The Giants are traveling to Minnesota to play the Vikings. Um, Luz, before I get into our special uh, Vikings guest here, uh, I wanted to uh, give your record on the season. You ended up 29-26. and 26. So you, you qualified for that over 500, as you said you would. So kudos to you, my friend. And thanks for, uh, thanks, making, those, thanks, make, for making those picks all year long. Yeah, I'm just... Uh... I think I was one game over 500 last year. So just striving to get better every season, you, guys. You learning, are improving. Learning the division more and more every season. Uh, it's you know, that's all I'm striving to do. Bet. 
yeah, just just get better every year. All right. Well, <laughs> as I said, um, the first NFC East playoff game will be Sunday at four o'clock Eastern on Fox. The Giants are traveling to Minnesota. We'll all give our thoughts on that game in just a minute. But my cousin Jason, he's a lifelong Vikings fan. He was nice enough to take some time to record us uh, a memo here. And I want to hear his thoughts on the game, and we can all react to them. Hey, everybody. This is Jay, and here is my prediction for this week's matchup between the New York Giants and Minnesota Vikings. The 9-7-1 Giants are visiting the 13-4 Vikings this wildcard weekend. The Giants are the sixth seed in the NFC. They finished their season by going 2-3 and three in their last five and 2-4-1 and one in their last seven. They currently have some injuries. Also, some may argue that they are only in the playoffs because of a few bad calls that went against the Commanders a few weeks ago. The Vikings went 5-2 and two in their last seven games. Their two losses came on the road against two very desperate divisional opponents in the Lions and the Packers. The Vikings might be the most unexplainable team in NFL history with all of their one-score wins, and sometimes it feels like once you start to trust them, they have a bad game. However, they did come back from a 33-point deficit against the Colts, so... It feels like they're almost capable of coming back in any game. Uh, there are two key mat- matchups that I believe can determine the game this weekend. The first is that the Vikings are fifth in passing, opposed to the Giants' 15th in passing in the league. Kirk Cousins threw for 4,547 yards this season, which was fourth in the league. He also has the best receiver in football, Justin Jefferson. Now, uh, Xavier McKinney, the free safety, and Adoree Jackson, the cornerback from the Giants, have been nursing injuries. If they do not play or are not at 100%, this could mean trouble for the Giants. So this is one matchup to look out for. The other is the Giants rushing against the Vikings' rush defense. The Giants are fourth in rushing, and the Vikings rank 20th in rushing defense. Saquon Barkley has also had a comeback year this year, uh, and I believe that the Giants are going to come out and try to get him going early. If they can't, will Daniel Jones be able to throw the ball effectively? This season, he only has 15 touchdowns. Um, He has protected the ball. He only has five interceptions, and he can run. uh, So he does have that going for him. Overall, this game can go in a lot of different directions. Um, both teams have negative point differentials and neither team has lost to a team under 500 this year or a team that ended with a record under 500. Um, you know, as for the eye test, I have not been impressed by the giants all year. Really? Uh, I've seen some good runs from Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, but their leading receiver, Darius Slayton, only had 724 yards this year. That's only about 42.6 yards per game. The Vikings, on the other hand, have a lot of weapons in Cook, Jefferson, Hawkinson, Thielen, and K.J. Osborne. Um, K.J. Osborne has really started to make an impact late this season. They can come out and play a perfect game. However, that 
never seems to happen with the Vikings. They seem to play opponents close all game and somehow pull it out at the end. Now, what I really think is going to happen is probably what we all think, and that is that it's going to be a close one-score game again. And since this is Daniel Jones' first playoff game and the Vikings are at home, I give the Vikings the advantage 30-26. to 26. Go Vikings. Thank you so much, Jay. We appreciate your contribution. And, Great uh, voice, you guys wanted- Jay. Great yeah, balls. damn. No, Jay's uh, he's a teacher, but no, Jay's used to used to giving a presentation. He he absolutely killed it. Uh, and if you guys notice, he picked the Vikings thirty to twenty six. That would mean they're covering the spread here, guys. The Vikings are uh, three point favorites, so Vegas telling you this is pretty much an even pick them. And if you remember, these two teams matched up on Christmas Eve. The Vikings won 27 to 24 uh, on a walk off 61 yard field goal by Greg Joseph. So these teams are really neck and neck. Uh, as Jay was talking about, um, the, the Giants have to establish a running game. Saquon Barkley played fantastic the first time these two teams played. He had 84 yards rushing and also 50 yards receiving. So um, 130 total yards uh, for Saquon in that game got in the end zone as well. I expect the Giants to um, to repeat that if, if they're going to pull off this this road upset. And we're going to need the, these unknown wide receivers that we've talked about every week. Richie James Jr. Uh, and Isaiah Hodgins to, to make some plays for Daniel Jones. And Daniel's going to have to create some plays with his legs. Uh, over on the other side, uh, when these two teams played in Week 16, Justin Jefferson had 12 catches, 133 yards, and a touchdown. And the tight end they traded from the Detroit Lions, TJ Hawkinson was an absolute menace down the slot. 10, excuse me, 13 catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. So the, the Giants need to slow down, obviously, Justin Jefferson first and foremost, but TJ Hawkinson. And then you got the two-headed monster of Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison <clears throat> and Kirk Cousins. This game is not in prime time. It is at, you know, it's at 4 o'clock, so as the sun sets, you know Kirk Cousins might might slow down a little bit in this game. But what I'm going to do is I am going to say it is the same score as the last time they played, except I've got a reverse score. I got the New York football giants going on the road, stealing a victory. I like Brian Dable. I like the front office of the New York giants gaining some momentum. I think they re-signed Daniel Jones and they move on to the second round of the playoffs with a big upset. Luds, what do you think about it? So the big, uh, the big stat for me that Jay actually came out and said is, uh, is it, it Giants rush defense fourth in the league and Giants rushing Ma- offense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Vikings, okay, okay. Vikings rush defense. Yeah, that's fourth. huge because if the Giants can control the clock and keep Cousins and that lethal offense off the field, um, they definitely stand more of a chance. I know that's cliche. You hear it all the time. It's like be able to stop the run control the clock but it's true i mean that's kind of the giants game um their secondary is a little beat up um but i agree with jay here man i I think the vikings get over the hump you know the first game in the playoffs this year they're at home um and i if i said the giants excuse me i meant the vikings but yeah um i just think they pull it out man i even if it's a late field goal i don't have either of these teams covering the spread i got to even at at twenty seven twenty four, Vikings. All right, John. How about you? Man, I'm excited for this game. Um, like you mentioned, the first game that they played came down to that freaking sixty yard walk off, or right? I think it was just shy or just over sixty yards. So sixty one. Yeah, 
this hopefully should be another battle. Um, Jason talked about it perfectly. Like the Vikings have been up and down so much all season that it's almost hard to get like a pulse for them. Um, so they, I think that they absolutely have the ability to blow out the Giants. But as we've seen covering the Giants games, the Giants do a pretty damn good job of keeping pretty much every opponent honest and keeping the, keeping the score tight. So uh, they didn't, it looks like they didn't have Xavier McKinney. I can't remember um, in that the last game. game before the Correct. last game. Right. So that should help them defensively. Um, but man, like, I know we talk always about primetime Kirk. Luckily, he's not primetime, but they just have so many, like, it's an overwhelming amount of weapons. Adding TJ Hawkinson, I think, really solidified their offense this year because um, that just gives them one more weapon that, like, even with uh, Adam Thielen kind of falling off, like, he, he plays his part. KJ Osborne's a great number three, and then that's just, like, a, a fourth guy to add to it. And that's all saying, you know, outside of the fact that they have, like your cousin mentioned, the best wide receiver in the league and Justin Jefferson. So I think that the Giants will do everything they can to keep this another close game. Um, they're obviously, like as we've all mentioned so far, they're going to have to lean on Saquon. He's going to have to do more than what he did in the last game, obviously, because they came up short. Um, so I, I would bet on him having probably 20-plus touches on the ground and then probably another 5, 10 on, uh, in the passing game. Uh, Brian, I think you mentioned Daniel Jones, like, Gonna have to do a little bit with your feet, man. You're gonna have to make some plays here outside of the the normal. You know, this is a playoff game, so you're gonna have to make some plays. Um, but I'm still gonna take the Vikings. I think uh, 24-21 close game. So we're all right there on that, like that three po- three four point cusp. George, finish us up. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, man, this is this is gonna be a really entertaining game. It's gonna be a close game. Um, I really like Wink Martindale. Uh, I think this game in particular, he's known for dialing in a lot of exotic blitzes and yeah. being in the playoffs like this. I, I see that happening and, and creating a lot of pressure on Kirk. Kirk is one in three in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. not the best record by any means. I could see this game. Uh, honestly, a little bit more low scoring than you would uh, originally imagine. I could see Saquon getting a lot of touches, but not a ton of yards, probably holding between 80 and 90 yards. Uh, Kirk is going to have to, without some intangibles, when he's getting pressure, he's going to have to escape the pocket, and he's not known, known for doing that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I know that Brian Dable is going to have them boys firing and, 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 and to get out there and, and to really bring the energy. Uh, I'm going to go ahead – I'm going to take the Giants here, and I'm going to take them Let's go. 17 to 14. Dang. Yeah, to <laughs> nice. George's point, four sacks. Four sacks against Kirk Cousins last time around. So, no, Excellent point, George, oh, shouting oh. out Wink Martindale. So you think the Vikings are only going to put up 14 points at home? That's the only way the Giants win. Hmm. They got a ball out we'll of see. defense. Um, I, w- uh, I will hit the under on this because I know the, I know the number is probably super high. But I would what is the 40, 48. 48. Yeah, I would hit the under. 48. Yeah. George, is, but yeah. George is pounding the under. Uh, the Vikings have one of the better left tackles in all of football, uh, Christian Derrissaw out of Virginia Tech. So it'll be really interesting to see him go up against Kayvon Thibodeau, the outstanding rookie. Uh, and, of course, we, we've talked about Sexy Dexy, one of our favorite players on the podcast, Dexter Lawrence, the big cat Leonard Williams. This would be a real battle of the trenches here. And I think that, I don't think I don't see Justin Jefferson going buck wild for you know 130 yards, but I think we got to uh, be careful to see maybe Dalvin Cook will have the th- uh, a thing to say about this game. 
And we're, we're all picking a field goal game that we talked about Greg Joseph kicking the 60 plus yarder on Christmas Eve. But let's not forget the Giants also have one of the best kickers in the NFL and Graham Gano. So this may this this game may be decided on the right foot of one of those two kickers. Either way, I think we got a good old fashioned uh, NFC East playoff classic. Um, I, I cannot wait for this game. I think it's going to be uh, uh, it's going to live up to the hype that we're all uh, throwing on there. You guys think Kenny Galladay is going to get some looks in the playoffs all of a sudden? You start blowing up. <laughs> I saw something about him. He only needed 76 receptions in the last game to get his bonus. <laughs> Russell Gage might. Russell Gage, man. Oh, Kenny. Oh, Kenny G. You, Dude, I don't know if you he's saw actually been doing pretty well, Russell Gage. <laughs> he's I don't been know getting looks. Uh, Kenny Galladay actually scored a touchdown in Week 18. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But, yeah, b- yeah. Because the Giants played. They're backups. So uh, congr- <laughs> congratulations to Kenny Galladay getting his first career touchdown um, and, and, and with the New York Giants. And, Luds, you already alluded to it. You already opened your cute mouth talking about Russell Gage. <laughs> Let's talk about Monday night football. This the, the game is on Monday night for a reason, folks, because the NFL, NFL knows this is going to get a number. Shout out to all of my friends, Matt, Donnie, Casey. I know all you guys are going to be out the game cheering your ass off. I'm really jealous I'm not going to get to go. All of my money went toward an engagement ring, so I'm going to be sitting my ass right here watching the game. Uh, but uh, I cannot wait for this game. And it is so fitting that it's going to be Cowboys versus Bucks. Well, they've played, they've opened up the the season for for uh, they opened up the entire NFL season two years ago when the 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 Bucks hosted uh, the Cowboys and they got their uh, Lombardi Trophy. And then this season they uh, were the opening game on Sunday Night Football. Uh, when the Bucks won an ugly nineteen to three game, that's the game. Of course, Dak Prescott broke his thumb. Uh, but I got I got some stats on this game, um, Luds. I'm gonna I, I want George and John to go first, and then me and you can take off the gloves and and uh, and, and finish this one up. Uh, George, start us off here. Do you think real, my Cowboys? Real quick, can... B, real quick where, where's your playoff rankings? Where do you got these teams one through one through seven? Okay. before these guys dive I pre- in, I apologize. I appreciate I appreciate yeah. you reminding me. No, that that was a good call. All right. I'm going NFC East homer on this one. And I'm going to go true to the standings. Although most people I think would lean toward the San Francisco 49ers. I know Brock Purdy is undefeated, but he's also never played an NFL playoff game. Although Jalen Hurts has only played one. I'm still going to lean towards that. I got the Philadelphia Eagles number one. San Francisco 49ers are a strong two. I'm all fired up talking about my Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going to put the Cowboys three. I'm going to put the Vikings four. Although I think... The uh, New York Giants are going to beat them. I, I got the Giants five, and I'm going to put the team with a losing record, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> in last. Seahawks. Um, oh. you're right. Buck, Bucks go. Bucks go over Seahawks. I forgot. There's a seven. Thank you. There's there's seven teams. I'm going to put the Hawks in last, only because the only reason they got into the playoffs is because the Detroit Lions saved their ass on Sunday Night Football. So they were the last team to get in. So you're right. The Bucks go six. Seahawks go seven. GVR. Tom yeah. Brady is seven and zero against my Dallas Cowboys. Can we finally get our first career win against the goat on the road? Well, well, you just took my first line. I appreciate that. B. Yes, Tom <laughs> Brady is seven and zero against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know the Bucks are also getting healthier. Uh, it's a possibility Pro Bowl center Ryan Jensen could be back. Uh, probably 50-50 on that. I know he's been practicing. I know he's been working hard. Uh, Dallas is getting healthy as well. Vander Esch, Tyler Biadas, and Jonathan Hankins um, all coming back, should be coming back. 
It'll be interesting to see also my boy Xavier Rhodes. Let's go. As we all know, the Dallas's defensive backfield has been horrendous these last few weeks, and they could really use some veteran leadership back there. Um, I, I This is going to be an interesting game Monday night in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady again. He's going to get the ball out quick. You guys aren't going to get a ton of pressure on him. Um, but, you know, he's going to be throwing six, seven-yard passes. Uh, you would hope that a double move would not end this game for you guys. You, you got to play it honest. You got to play it honest. He's going to be throwing the ball in the flats till you fall asleep. I mean, he's going to get his completions regardless. You're going to get annoyed with it. Um, but, but Dallas has to, again, make some things happen. Blitz. You know, do some different things. If you just play Tom Brady straight up, you're not going to do very well. He's going to pick you apart if you don't adjust. So really here for me is going to be the coaching staff from Dallas if they're going to win this ballgame. They're going to have to adjust to Tom. They're going to have to mix up their looks. Uh, I, I, I'm I going to go ahead and I'm going to take the boys here. Let's and go. I really, for a second, I, I was thinking Tampa going into this, uh, but I just think – Guys like CD are going to do their thing. I, I really think they're going to, you know, try to run the ball and establish the run as much as they can. I know last week was a fluke. I know probably the second half they shouldn't have played half of the Cowboys. You know, they were slowing down Tony Pollard. They weren't trying to get hurt. I think they bring a lot of energy in the stadium. I'm going to go ahead and take Dallas 24 to 20. All right, John. Absolutely. Man, like as excited as I am for – the the Giants game. This one is just going to be epic. And as you pointed out, NFL knows what they're doing, man, with the scheduling. Like putting it on as a Monday night game, as a playoff game, it's going to get a huge number. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think just looking at the stats from the last game and even from the last year, I think that uh, this game might go a little bit differently than than the last couple did as far as what we see on the field. Because if you look back at the uh, the game just starting the year, Leonard Fournette, 21 carries for 127 yards. The Bucks were last year and, and uh, the beginning of this year were, were very heavily um, dominant in the run game. And Fournette was heavily involved. Now you look at the run game and it, they're, they're putting everything on Brady's shoulders at this point. The, obviously, Mike Evans just had one of his freaking biggest games ever uh, in the last couple of weeks. So they really are kind of trying to fire on all cylinders when it comes to their passing game. But I think that that might lean in Dallas's favor. Um, I think the more reliant that Tom has to be on the passing game and less uh, ground game they can get going, the more uh, opportunity for pressure, um, the more opportunity for Micah Parsons to make a difference and some of you guys' down linemen to get in Tom Brady's face and shake things up, which we all know he hates. Um, yes. But to George's point, I do think, you know, Brady's always going to get his. Um, so Dallas is going to have to stick with it on the defensive side of the ball because I do think that if you don't ruffle his feathers, Tom Brady's got plenty of firepower on that offense and he's going to be able to put up points against you guys. I think that Dallas has gotten better as the year has progressed offensively. Um, so hopefully you guys will be able to control uh, the time of possession with the run game. And then to George's point, CD has come on. Um, and that relationship with Dak has definitely come on over the course of this year. So hopefully the boys can, uh, can keep up. Um, as far as points scored, um, I think that they will. I think that there's been too many times now at this point that Brady has gotten the better of these Cowboys. And I just 
there's something that just makes me feel like the the Cowboys are primed to finally get one here. So I'm going to take uh, Cowboys 27, Bucks 24. All right, Luds. Everyone knows who I'm going to pick in this game, so I want I want to throw it to you. Um, for I know you've been our Vegas guy all year. The line started at three points. It's down to two and a half. So the betters are coming in on Tampa Bay. Cowboys are road favorites minus two and a half. Where are you going? I think the betters are smart, man. I mean, people need to start realizing you can't bet against Tom. Uh, it's burned a lot hey, of people. Uh, but here's the thing that scares me about the Dallas, and we got two different teams compared to Week One, guys. We've got people back we got people injured we get two two totally different teams than what we started off with and begin the season so here's what scares me about the cowboys they are number one in something guys believe it or not they are the number one ranked red zone defense in the nfl this season guys nice and tom brady and the bucks have had their struggles in the red zone this year and if that continues this game we're not going to win and here's another thing Here's the key for Dallas, that Dallas's defense can keep the Bucks to third and longs. If you can keep them to third and six, third and seven, third and eight, you're probably going to win this game. But the second Tom Brady's able to keep moving that ball and we're getting first downs, it, it, it all comes it, – it, it depends how they look in the first quarter, man. If they come out and they're clicking and they look sharp, it could be a long night for Dallas. If they look like you guys are putting some pressure on them, they're struggling out the gate, I think it's – the team that's going to win this game is the team that gets off to a hot start. Um, the the thing about the Bucks though, they have been a second half team this year. So I think in in five out of our eight wins, uh, Tom Brady's brought us back in the fourth quarter. Five out of our eight wow. wins. So I'm telling you, if you guys are only up a touchdown going late in the fourth, cross your fingers, man, because we could be tying it, making an overtime game. So I just think it's key. I think it's key for either one of these teams to get out to a hot start. Um, of course, I'm a homer. Of course, I'm I'm going to pick my my team. And uh, I think it's low scoring. A lot of the Bucks games this year have been low scoring. Their defense has been underrated. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they just get so much focus on their offense because it's Tom Brady. And when our offense is struggling, that's what all the that's what TV is talking about. So all the commentators are talking about our defense is pretty solid. dude. We've we we yeah. put stops when we had to. We've played good enough defense to win a lot more than eight games this year. Um, so a lot of it falls on our offense. But I'm not worried about the defense, man. I, I think um, Prescott. You know, he can make some throws, but I think the way Carlton Davis has been locked down on that side of the field, you know, we can throw him on um, on Lamb. Um, you know, we got Jamel Dean. He's stepped up. He's had, you know, he gets exposed here and there, but he's been an overall solid corner. He's quick for his size. He's tall. And, uh, you know, we've just been banging, man, banging on defense. Vita Vey inside. We've got good, strong pressure up the middle. Um, I know you're getting healthy on the O-line. Um, who's the, the yes. O-lineman you're getting back this week? The uh, not, Center, not f- Tyler Biotish. Yeah, and that Tyler helps. That helps because now you can shuffle your guys around a bit. And, um, you know, it's going to be a great game, dude. The last two, you know, we're 2-0 and against you, but the last two games, I mean, except for week one, it's week one of the season. But the year before that, it was a shootout. So, yeah. And it was in Tampa. So it, it's going to be electrifying. And who knows, guys, it could be Tom Brady's last game. We, we don't know. I mean, maybe he'll end up taking this Amazon job, hanging it up. You know, it, it could be literally the last game we ever see him play. So, you know, hats off to, to Donnie and the boys at getting tickets. I mean, that's something cool to see. But, uh, yeah, I got my I got my team, guys. Um, I'm going to go, like I said, I'm going to go low scoring. I'm going to go 19. I think the Bucks. I think that's the, the, the solid number there. 
1914. I think the Bucks keep, keep Dallas to contained. They've been able to stop the run here and there. I think if they contain Dallas's run game, I think we'll be in good shape. I like it. And Ludge, regardless of whether this is Tom Brady's last game playing football, I think there is no doubt in anybody's mind this will be his last game as a starting quarterback at Raymond James Stadium because even if you guys win, you're not coming back home. So I know yeah. the Bucks fans are going to be fired up on Monday Night Football. Right. And I think it's really cool that um, the Cowboys get Monday night because, of course, they get Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. And that's the way it should be, man. Cowboys games should be called by Troy and Joe. We only played once on Monday night this year. That was way back in like week four against the Giants with Cooper Rush starting. So it's going to get that old school, you know, homey vibe. But here, God, those guys uh, Joe, roll all over the Cowboys so much. I know, and that's why I love it. Um, <laughs> now I want to rewind uh, to Week 18 before I talk about what's going to happen this week, and I want to talk about first of all the quarterback that led the NFL in interceptions, and that's Dak Prescott. He literally threw to George's point two pick sixes in a row. One of them just happened to be dropped by Kendall Fuller. The very next play, he throws it to the same spot. Kendall Fuller takes it for six. <laughs> And, and my goodness, um, have the anti-Daxers been licking their chops this week? They're, they're coming for my boy, and you know what? They should. But you know what? While the anti-Daxers may be out there, and they might even be right about Dak Prescott, I went in line this week to get another booster of the Dak seed. I am doubling down on Dak. I believe in my guy. He's, he's only got one career playoff win. This is going to be number two. I like what my guy is made of. This is a big spot, and I think Dak knows that th- this is this is a career-defining game for him. Coming off the season he had, if he comes out here and shits the bed, it's not going to look good. It's not going to look good for Dak Prescott. It's not going to look good for Mike McCarthy. It's not going to look good for Jerry Jones. This this could easily shape the future of the franchise if we go one and done again in the playoffs. So I'm expecting not a heroic game. I don't think Dak throws 375 and three touchdowns. I think Dak just does enough to manage the game He's probably going to throw interceptions because that's what he does. I just hope it's not in a big spot, and I hope there's not multiple turnovers. George, to your point, I love how you shouted out uh, Van Der Esch coming back because when Leighton Van Der Esch comes back, he can play a true linebacker position, and that's when uh, we put Micah Parsons' hand in the dirt. Micah becomes a pure pass rusher. He had two sacks in week one against Tom Brady. I got two more this week. Um, Jonathan Hankins is a nice piece on the D-line, but a way more important guy who's going to be back this week is Tyler Biotish, as you said, Luds. Biotish is the center. So the past two weeks, as Biotish has been out, we had to shuffle, and everyone in the offensive line played out of position last week um, against the Commanders. Now, all due respect to the Commanders' defensive line, they're one of the best in football. But now, with Biotish back, we get Tyron Smith at right tackle. That's ridiculous. He's he's one of the better left tackles. We can put um, Tyler Smith at guard. We can put Peters at tackle. We can put um, Connor McGovern back at guard. And, of course, Zach Martin stays there at right guard. So I expect the offensive line to play a lot better this week. And although that stat is daunting, that Tom Brady best record against any opponent in the NFL, 7-0 against the uh, against the Cowboys, I, I hope we get the first win. But a stat that I like that's, I think, a little more relevant on my side, the Dallas Cowboys have not lost consecutive games the entire season. Uh, they lost week one. Yeah, they lost week one against the Bucks. They went and won four games in a row. Then they lost... Week five against the without Eagles. Dak. Then they won without Dak. They lost to the Eagles. Then they won four games in a row. Guess what, guys? If the Dallas Cowboys lost last week and they win four games in a row, that means they're Super Bowl champions. <laughs> now, I know I'm getting I know I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself on that. But my point is that this team 
has been resilient, as you said, Lud. So I think that I think that loss last week, as much as it stung, as much as it, you don't want to limp into the playoffs, and they have been just what the doctor ordered. And uh, George signing uh, Xavier Rhodes, as you said, uh, Xavier Rhodes used to be an All Pro corner from Minnesota. I know he's still not that kind of player, but literally, I'm watching the game against the Commanders. Um, somebody called Tyler Coyle was playing uh, in the secondary, and then Terry McLaurin is burning Trayvon. Mullen, and to quote the great the the great Conor McGregor, I looked at the TV and said, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Because I'm I don't even know who's playing defensive back. Which I mean, I I always love to to hate on Anthony Brown, but God, I wish Anthony Brown was back. I wish Jordan Lewis is back. Hopefully, Xavier Rhodes can do something. But I need Trayvon Diggs. I need Donovan Wilson. I need uh, Duran Bland. Left the game against the Commanders injured. He is supposed to be back this week and healthy. So we we desperately need that. And on the offensive side, I need I need somebody like uh, Michael Gallup, who got a fifty million dollar contract to step up. Uh, T. Y. Hilton has played pretty well for the Cowboys, as you said. Let's Carlton Davis is a lockdown corner. I can't depend on C. D. Lamb to get ten catches for a hundred yards. So we're going to need either George's lookalike Dalton Schultz or one of these other players to catch the football for Dak Prescott, not let the ball hit them in the chest, and then deliver it to the defense. And the running game has to be there, man. The first time these teams played, uh, Zeke only had 10 carries, but he had 50 yards. So I need Ezekiel Elliott to just be that physical back. And Tony Pollard, you made your first career Pro Bowl. You had your first career 1,000-yard season. I need you to have your first you, big playoff performance. You guys, these gave guys up, are Hafkins. you guys gave up on the run that first game. I know. That was the problem. The second half, you guys just didn't run the ball. So this, this game, this could come down to coaching, man. Uh, I, I don't think Todd Bowles is – a great um, coach, um. but um, I do think Byron Leftwich. <laughs> he's a great, he's I, I a do. great defensive coordinator. He is. Yes, he is. And he he's, is. he's still a defense. He's a defensive mind. So perhaps yeah. he can just focus on the defense. I think Byron Leftwich is going to be a head coach, if not this year, very soon. So this could be a battle of uh, Dallas Dan Quinn, who's going to be a head coach. Unfortunately, I think we're going to lose Dallas Dan and uh, Dan Quinn's defense versus the Byron Leftwich offense and uh, Kellen Moore. Offensive coordinator, you just got an interview with the Carolina Panthers. I'm not quite sure you deserve that, but earn it, my friends. Dial up something special. We're going to need it. You're facing the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL in a primetime game and perhaps his last game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Guys, I could not be more excited. I mean, I know we're homers. This is the podcast. This is the NFC East, but I think this 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 is going to be an absolute classic I think the Giants Vikings game is going to be an absolute classic. What's your score, um, B? What's your score? I got the Cowboys to win. Shocker. Um, I'm going to go. I will do uh, Tampa Bay plus two and a half, though. I got the Cowboys 24 to 23 on a late mm. Brett Money Maher field goal. I think eight's the magic number. Eight's the magic number. Tom Brady, eight no against the Cowboys. Eight rings, baby. Going on that ring. Going on that run. All right. I want to go around. Um, John, any final <clears throat> thoughts uh, heading into wildcard weekend? No, man, just like you, I'm super excited. Um, I, you know, personally, I didn't pick it this way, but I do hope that both of the NFC East teams come out of this and we get a couple more NFC East matchups uh, against Philadelphia and, and continue to watch one of our teams move on. Let's go. Hey, Jay Lutz, just to throw it out there, uh, 
I, I know that you don't have an upset parlay, but let me let me pick your brain for a second. If I had to guess, you're going to take a home dog. I bet you like the Jacksonville Jaguars I do. minus points at home. You I like do, the Jags, I do. Don't you? I like the Jags, man. They're hot, dude. They're hot. I've been saying it, man. I say it all the time. Look out for the hottest team going into the playoffs. And right now, that's the Niners and the Jaguars. Facts. GVR, how about you? Any final thoughts going into wildcard weekend? Yeah, man, I'm just excited to watch the playoffs every year. And having three teams from the East coming out, it's going to be exciting. Um, I hope, you know, I hope we all get Ws from the Giants and uh, and the boys. So we have three going in next next week as well. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just excited to watch it and, and to, to be here next week, man. I really appreciate all y'all listening to and, and uh, dealing with Luds and his, and his Bucks fandom over there. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> But no, man, I uh, really, really love you guys and love everybody listening. Uh, do I echo those yeah. sentiments and to remind everybody, 4.30 Sunday, uh, Giants play. And of course, 8.15 Monday, the Cowboys play. And regardless, I don't want to put this out in the universe, but even if both of those games don't go as we hoped, there's still one, F- one NFC East team. And that is, uh, in my opinion, the best team in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll definitely be back to talk about them next week. Maybe the Giants and Cowboys would join them. We hope you join us for the divisional playoff round of the NFC East. Peace.